it's Dr. Peaky. Welcome to the Peaky channel. Today it's time to peek in. This year has started off extremely rough for me. I shared a lot of it and now I have an additional two physical things to share on top of what was already going on with my debilitating IBS flares. I'm going to take you back to oh, April this year. Already it's been five months now since the first one happened. At this rate, pretty soon one of my limbs is definitely falling off. <laughs> Just kidding. Let me not jinx myself. If you've got some cleaning to do, feel free to keep me in the background as I turn back time a few months to talk about what's been going on. When April came, I started my new job, as you know, and shortly afterwards, the unimaginable happened. Okay, I may be dramatizing this a little bit, but to me, ever since fourth grade, this has never happened before. I was running with Liam outside on a familiar path. It's not like I haven't run there before, but we were running outside. I tagged along while he was practicing for his marathon, his full marathon. Crazy, right? 26 miles? Yeah, not happening for me. I was running at a pretty good speed, I guess, but still much slower than Liam because he disappeared out of my sight after maybe 30 or 45 minutes into the run. And as I saw him start to get farther and farther away out of my vision, down this path, we both knew I lost control of my balance and tripped while running over a really rough patch of rocks and pebbles of all sizes. I mean, when I say I fell, I fell pretty hard, guys. I fell so hard that I deeply cut my two knees left and right and my elbow was basically de-skinned and then my two hands on the inside I gave a severe street burn or a concrete burn I mean I guess I dragged my two hands pretty far while sliding on the floor outside before coming to a halt I was dripping in blood from multiple sites and for the first time ever I cried out loud I didn't even realize that I was crying. And when I say cry out loud, I wasn't just shedding tears uncontrollably. I was screaming in pain. Of course, over the years, I've had multiple scrapes and little burns maybe, but I've never cried. Not even my eyes watered in those instances. I guess the severity of my fall and my injury this time were far greater than any of these little ones before. So, remember I said Liam disappeared out of my sight? Yeah, nobody was around to help me. I felt so helpless. I'm dripping in blood and I can't think of anything else but how painful everything was. Pain in my elbows, pain in my hands, pain in my knees. I was the patient that I typically see in the ER who come in to get seen. This time, the roles were reversed. Basically, I could not even get myself up because one, I was in so much pain, and two, there was no support that I can hold on to. 
I was outside when all this happened. No poles, nothing. Nothing that I can use to potentially get myself up with. I saw that my phone was too far from reach. I couldn't even grab it to call Liam. Maybe a couple minutes passed? I don't even know. When I heard a man's voice call out, Hey, are you okay? I turned as much as I could and as much as my body would allow me. I saw a man in a biker's suit and his bike come in my direction. He continued to say, Oh my gosh, you're bleeding. When I first saw you, I honestly thought you were just looking at the flowers in front of you until I got closer. His reaction made me think he was going to be the one who faints, not me. Nonetheless, I was grateful that he stopped for me. It was only because of him that I was able to use my phone to call Liam back. Else, I could have just been stuck on the ground there for God knows how long until Liam realizes I never show up at home, I guess, and starts looking for me everywhere. When Liam thankfully picked up my call and we finally made it back home, while I was dripping in blood, literally, it was time to clean my wounds. Oh, it hurts even now while reflecting on that day. You could see little black pieces of pebbles stuck in my ruptured skin. It's inexplicable how excruciating this was. I could feel each pick. We couldn't even find a tweezer small enough to remove some of the smaller ones. Just had to leave them in there. Washing the wounds with a special wound cleaner liquid called chlorhexidine hurt so, so bad because everything was raw. So that had to happen every day. The cleaning and rewrapping of the bandages. In the early days, I did this twice a day even because of how much blood kept seeping through my bandages. It was gross. About a week passed and wow, the unexpected itch started. Right around the edges of my bandages, everywhere. I lost my mind. I don't curse much, but I mouthed every curse I knew. I tried new bandages. Maybe I just used a bad batch, you know? Nope, still itched like crazy. The edges became really red and you could tell swelling got worse. Then I thought, oh, it must be my allergy to the adhesive part of the bandages. Sure enough, when I rechecked my allergy test results, one of the chemicals noted that I was highly allergic to was HEMA. It's an ingredient that is used to make the sticky parts for some band-aids. FYI for some of you out there who might have the same problems. I tried several types of steroid creams and ointments. It was only when I used the strongest one, clobetazole, that the itch went away after an hour. A few days of using it, I realized the skin discoloration. Since the itch was finally in a place that was manageable, I quickly came off of the clobetazole. Now it's been about four months and my skin where I use it is still paler. Not so happy about that, but I felt like the use was absolutely necessary at the time. I need to talk to you guys about the other part of this experience. I couldn't do anything without Liam. 
I couldn't cook, couldn't feed myself, let alone get dressed. Oh my gosh, how embarrassing to have your boyfriend dress you. I like to shower standing, but couldn't do that either. Getting in and out of the tub was so hard. Yeah. Then a week passed and I felt like my wound on my elbow was just not getting much better compared to the other wounds. There was yellowish tannish discharge. The amount of it wasn't decreasing. I knew then that I must have gotten it infected. Whether it's from the dirty pebbles that we couldn't get out from there or maybe it was the wound dressing process that we were not doing the best with. I don't know. I started Bactrim for a week and the wound finally appeared to close up. So all in all, my May 2023 was a painful month. I was disabled, scratches everywhere except my face. Thank God, <laughs> everyone was telling me. Sleep was affected, mood was crap. At this point, I was thinking, okay, it's not like this is a rare event. People fall. Fine. And then I closed that chapter out. Two months later, I was finally back to enjoying life, fully capable of walking and using my hands per usual. Oh boy. On August 5th, it was a Saturday, and I was walking to my car. I still remember it was a clear sunny day. I missed a step while walking off the sidewalk pavement onto the asphalt where my car was located. And uh, yeah, I fell again. <laughs> this time I landed on the top of my left foot. And as I was falling, I heard three bone sounds Break, break, break. Oof, was this painful too. Breathe in, breathe out. I managed to get in my car and drive to work, which was a hospital, with my right leg thinking, damn, I hope I just sprained my ankle and didn't break any bones. I'll find out when I get to the hospital. X-ray showed a suspicious line on my pinky toes metatarsal bone. The radiologist wrote, all structures normal. So I thought, okay, no broken bones, no fractures, just need time to heal, no big deal. The next day, the pain was a 10 out of 10. If I could say a number outside of the scale, I would. It felt like a 12 out of 10. For the radiologist to read my x-ray as all normal just seemed odd, as you could clearly see that extra line on my metatarsal bone where the swelling was the worst. So I rechecked his evaluation note. He had gone back in four hours later yesterday and written an addendum. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought to notify me. <laughs> That's American healthcare for you. Nobody cares, but everyone knows how messed up the system is. Anyways, it read, fracture on fifth metatarsal, non-displaced. 
Meaning, indeed, there was a bone break. The pieces are still together, though. Yeah, that made more sense with the pain level, the clinical presentation, the imaging, and all. So I've been in a walker boot for 24 hours a day since August. I keep it on while sleeping. I ice, elevate it. I ordered crutches. They hurt my armpits so bad that I ordered a granny walker instead. I've been hopping around the house with my right leg and my injured left leg kneeled on the granny walker. Then my knee started hurting because I was putting a lot of pressure on it while using the granny walker. So I placed towels there to help reduce it. Then my right leg started hurting because it was pulling all my body weight by itself. So much so that I couldn't sleep from the pain. Somehow I managed to survive that. And then my upper body, my shoulders and arms gave out from using them so much while mobilizing with the granny walker. Then my right foot gave out on me. Yes, the foot that was bearing all my body weight alone. I started feeling shooting pain at the heel. It was and is still so severe and sharp. This started happening about two weeks into my recovery time. I'm a month out now and it's been going on every day relentlessly. Doesn't seem to get better. The left side of my heel now even lost sensation. It's just completely numb. I mean, every time I felt like a body part was finally healing, another part would hurt, then another, then another. It's it's not surprising anymore when something gives out now. (laughs) I really do feel like my foot will fall off any day. I also was reminded of how much my body was burning through calories during my recovery. I got hungry every four hours while awake. Usually it takes me eight hours in between meals to feel hungry again. I guess I've got one good thing to share. I lost the fat I've been wanting to lose for years, but I ended up getting it back when I began a bigger diet to accommodate my higher calorie burn. (laughs) It's like I just can't win any part in this whole gamut. With this second fall, I really felt the aftermath unfold. The physical pain was there, and through it all, my mental health was definitely beginning to tremble to new lows. As the psychological stress volume climbed mountain heights, I started feeling like the world was crumbling on me. Went through two breakups within a year, had lawyer issues, got burnt out at my last job, totally switched careers, lost my driver's license, missed two flights back to back, I fell badly two months ago, and I fell again and broke a bone for the first time ever. I felt so inept. There was this sense of emptiness that I felt. Even though I had all these accomplishments in life to be proud of, this bone fracture tipped me over the mountain edge. My friends and family told me it's okay. It happens. Well, yes, I agree. It's just striking me odd because all these strings of events occurred like a domino effect. Why? 
I've fallen, I've tripped many times, never broken a bone. Missing flights? Never before. And I missed two in a row right after each other. My career? I've been in clinical practice for over a decade. It pushed me out this year. I've just had it, guys. I like to think that I lived my life to the fullest. I kept running. Time to time, I sprinted. There were scant memories of sitting, giving my body time to rest. Maybe it came time for my body to let go of my ambitions and finally I've accepted it? With this new foot fracture, I was back to living a very disabled life all over again. Couldn't walk anywhere, couldn't go outside. Getting up was hard, sitting down was hard. I'd get extremely fatigued quickly during the day. Any movement required that much more effort from my body while it was working so hard to repair my bone. I would cry to myself, overwhelmed with all the bad things that have happened in so little time. But I had this realization while all this shit happened to me, one thing stayed the same. Liam stayed by me, guys. He was there for all of it. Well, okay, we did have a breakup and he wasn't there for that, but everything after, he was. He looked after me for both injuries and still now. My foot hasn't fully recovered yet. He did all the house chores, cooking, cleaning, laundry, like everything. We've been together in the same house, same small space, nearly almost all day, every day, because of my falls and we don't get sick of each other. Even when he leaves a short while to meet up with his friends, I miss him and I'm happy to see him again when he comes back home. It's so strange. I guess this is how you know you're with the right person. Today, I went from talking about my two nasty falls to talking about how much of my partner's presence I've been feeling. Hmm. I guess they're still connected. I talk about him often in this podcast now that I think of it, but I don't let him listen to it. (laughs) Having been a pro at falling and now an experienced bone fracture patient, I'm making plans to create a nice video on it. Things I learned, things I wish I knew that I mentioned here casually, just in a more organized way, I guess, for others who want to know what it's been like for me. So watch out for that on my YouTube and I'll catch you guys up later. (laughs) Bye for now.